0: Hey, bowlers, Bowling This Month is back. Bowling This Month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond. On demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Above180.com
1: podcast is Chad Oaks. Chad is the owner of Chad's Pro Shop, which is inside Mankato's WowZone Bowl. Chad recently shot 300 at the USBC Open Championships in El Paso. He shot his 300 along with a 253 and 219 for a 772, which gave him the lead for the singles event. Chad, Tim Berg here. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. Well, Chad, it took 18 days, but you shot the first 300 in El Paso in singles. So talk us through that and the final three shots. I know the YouTube clip, it was labeled as um, an unbelievable break or there's some sort of break word in there, but walk us through those last three shots that you needed to shoot your 300 game.
2: Yeah, um, at front nine and I get up in the 10th. Um, I had shot 299 in the past uh, down in Knoxville, so I kind of bent it a little bit, but um, you, know, you always want get to the, get them all. Get up in the 10th, um, throw a real good shot in the 10th, get a trip four. Um, get up in the 11th and threw probably the best ball. Um, went through the pins really well. Um, get up in the 12th and let her go and, you know, nervous as heck. And uh, let it go off my hand, just get down the lane. And four pin kind of stood for a little while. And I think it was a seven pin that tripped it off a little bit late. And uh, that was just a, a nice, great feeling.
1: So, in watching that video, it did not look like you missed your target. So, your speed must have been off. Were you a pinch slow on the twelfth ball? Because it looked like watching it, and I have watched it a few times. It looked like you hit, you know, you hit your target. You hit out where you were aiming, but it just, it just came back a little bit harder. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, I, I think I probably put a little more hand in it. I didn't want to miss it at the bottom of the swing. Wanted to make sure it got through the pin deck pretty well. But uh, yeah, it probably was a, a little slow. Legs are feeling a little jelloish. You know, like they kind of had me sometimes. So. Yeah, it's a pretty big stage out there, so a lot of people are watching, and it was nice to
1: get it. Well, and this is your 19th Open Championship. You had a 300, 253, 219 to grab the singles lead at 772. Talk about your journey on even bowling the USBC Open Championships because there is some question, number one, as far as you getting out to El Paso to bowl, but then even once you're in El Paso, you had a couple setbacks. So, talk about those setbacks.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I didn't get out last year. Um, I had some surgery. Um, I had an injury last November uh, to my shoulder or a year ago on 13 November. And uh, I waited until May to get the surgery done. I uh, came back in August to work. And I um, was going to go back out in the lanes in November here, got back out there. And within two weeks, I had twisted my knee. So another injury kind of set me back there until two weeks before El Paso. Um, I started to practice then. He knee was coming back pretty good. And uh, we get to El Paso, we went to the showcase lanes. I had a, a great workout there with the guys on the showcase lanes. And then um, we get to a team event, and third ball or third frame, I go up, and as I slide, something pulls in my back and don't know what it was. It just a uh, muscle thing and just sort of grabbed me harder and harder. I couldn't get the ball with my target, tried everything I could, but uh, didn't want to work out. That night, uh, went out with the guys, had a little dinner and stuff like that, I headed back to the hotel. And then we uh I got up real early in the morning, started taking some ibuprofen, took a real hot shower, um got over to the center early, sat in one of their massage chairs for about twenty minutes and kinda of worked it out a little bit. And um yeah, finally made it out to the walkout and the balls were a little bit heavy walking out and everything. But uh yeah, we started doubles event and stuff and uh just felt a little bit better, a little bit easier and stuff like that. Um the pain meds were working a little bit, the ibuprofen, and uh, loosened up a little bit and didn't make my shots as well as I could have in doubles. The singles came through. So talk about
1: your preparation. You said you had a few weeks to prepare. Were you able to bowl on the shot? at? Uh, did they put it out there at the – we should also mention that uh, you are the owner of Chad's Pro Shop, which is inside Mankato's Wow Zone, which is in uh, Mankato, Minnesota. So were you guys able to put out the shot, and then did you have a game, did you guys work out a game plan going in?
2: Yeah, um, actually, the first day the shot came out, I had a couple guys asking me about it, so I downloaded the machine. Uh, I actually do the lanes here also. Um, so putting in the machine and, and uh, getting it in the lanes wasn't an issue. I uh, I think I bowled on the team uh, pattern probably four or five times. Uh, we had some guys in some Sunday nights and some Thursdays and stuff, and we didn't have a full 10 or anything like that, so we didn't see the full breakdown. But uh, we put it out. Um, from what we put it out here to what, what it was uh, out there, I, I thought, uh, we have Navigate Oil where they have the ice, and we have Walker where they have the flex. So not too much of a big difference, but uh, it definitely played a little tighter here at home. Uh, once I got out to the to the Reno, or I'm sorry, to El Paso out there, um, it it played a little bit more friction-wise, which which I think helped. It uh, definitely made it a little bit more comfortable for me to bowl out there than here at home even.
1: I was going to say, if you're going to have it play a little different, you'd rather have it play tighter at home than when you get out <laughs> exactly. uh, get out there. I have actually heard, too, from some folks uh, via email that the um, the showcase lanes, which are set up just on the low end of the house this year, the showcase lanes even play different from when you actually get to your pair for uh, for the competition. Did you guys see that as well?
2: Yeah. Now, see, I, I'm i not sure. I didn't ask the guys to in the lanes. I talked to them a little bit, but I forgot to ask. You know, when we had our team when we went out there for the showcase lanes, um, I was assuming they would put the team shot down. To me, it seemed like they put the doubles and singles. But I wasn't sure, didn't ask him or anything like that. It definitely played a little bit longer in our practice session than it is when we played on team because team is one foot shorter. But um, And I don't know if they could put just the doubles pattern out there because that's where the bowlers Journal is, and they don't want to really you know mess anything up with that. I mean, But I wasn't sure about that.
1: Hey, Chad, I need you to hold that thought. Let's check in right now, though, with Bowling This Month owner, Bill Samsrod. First up, we've got a spare shooting article from USBC Gold coach Susie Minchu, where she explains the main reason we often miss easy spares and, more importantly, what we can do to prevent it. Next, we've got an article from USBC Gold coach Joe Slowinski on the biomechanics of the release, where he gives us some great tips on how anyone can develop a more powerful release by strengthening the specific muscles that contribute to it. And finally, we've got a great new article from collegiate coach John York, where he gives us his framework for understanding all the various topics that make up the modern game, so that you can return more of your focus to improving your execution. For all of this and more, please visit BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up for your no-obligation free trial. Back to you, Tim. Great stuff. Again, check out BowlingThisMonth.com for all sorts of great information. If you want to go into these, obviously you can, and if you can, I understand as well. What was your game plan, or where, what sort of area were you trying to play the lanes with, and then also what equipment? I know we were talking, you were, you used for singles, you used a Columbia uh, Delirium, but talk about your, your equipment choice, and then even if you want to get some of our technical guys, love hearing uh, some of the technical stuff as well as far as layouts and such.
2: Sure. You bet, yeah. um, uh, before I went out there, I drilled up a bunch of stuff. Um, I drilled up a few game breakers, and they seemed to read the lanes really well. So I actually brought out three game breakers. I had a, a pin up over my middle finger. I had a pin below my middle finger, and then I had a pin in the middle of my bridge. Um, that's really all I used in uh, team events and on uh, doubles. And that's the only three balls I really threw. I started with a pin down game breaker, and that was real nice. Uh, we started playing, and you know, we tried to burn it a little bit between Between five and nine, we tried throwing some balls there. Um, You know, try to get it out there, but you get it out too wide and, you know, it's not coming back this year. You get a little bit in, it's going to hook on you. So it's uh, definitely a very challenging pattern this year. So um, I started, I guess, around 20 with my feet, looking around nine ish and just, you know, straight down the boards and stuff. Um, Put the pin down for the first games of team and also first games of doubles and stuff. And then as that kind of weakened out, pushed down the lane, I went to the pin up over the middle finger, and that seemed to come around a little bit harder. And then as I slowly moved in, I think we got to like 23 with my feet, and then I went to with the pin in the middle of the bridge, and that, that came back even a little bit harder. So nice, smooth reaction. Um, didn't want anything big high-end and things like that. Um, a, lot of my, a lot of guys on my team were throwing still my cues. Um, that seemed to work pretty good. We made sure we knocked him down before we came out with 2,000. Um, that's the same thing I did with my delirium. I made sure I knocked that down to 2,000 before I came out from behind the lanes there. And uh, that seemed to read real well. It was, uh, the pin-up delirium was over the middle of the bridge, no hole. CG kicked just a touch. And uh, that seemed to roll really, really well. I tried to take a little bit of hand out, get it through the heads, and it just seemed to read the mid lane real well and come in the back. Yeah, the one, too but enough.
1: the one thing I've heard this year from a couple of folks is that this is a year that you probably could have too much surface where you don't want to go much below that 2,000 because of the fact that the length is 38 feet. Would you tend to agree with that statement?
2: Yeah, um, I mean, because we, we had a couple of guys, you know, they came out with just charcoal at like 500 and stuff, and uh, that was just, it was hooking way too, you know, it was reading lane early enough, but it would you know, get in the back and it was just, it was still hooked so early-wise. Um, you want it to get down lane, but yet you don't want it to, you know, read so early, but, um, yeah, definitely too much service and definitely too much shiny stuff. You know, you see guys that have shiny stuff and it's, you know, shooting through all the it gets to the back end and just takes the left turn and misses the hip and left and, uh it's
1: fun to watch <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's fun to watch and it's not you that's it's throwing that to... <laughs> <laughs> throwing that ball <laughs> down there and and it does that and and the other thing i've been hearing from folks is you got to keep your angles angles more in front of you and keep everything very tight at least to begin with and probably for most of your most of your uh most of your team event would you uh, agree with that assertion
2: definitely yeah um breakpoint wise you know I'll say you know 7 8 somewhere in there 7 8 9 but uh you get it in, you know, the rangefinder down lane at ten and you you're going high no matter what. And you know, a lot of guys are taking shots and like, God, you know, I just if I could just have one or two more boards right, you know, it'd be perfect. And then you try to do that and you pitch one out a little bit and then you miss the headpin right again. But uh definitely you gotta keep the angles pretty tight. Um, you know, I I don't think you can start much past, you know, twenty five especially when you start with how the lanes are you know, with your feet, because trying to make that angle back is just just not going to happen. Speeds roll, you know, conducive, too. If you get a little fast, things just aren't going to go your way, and uh, anything too slow would definitely be hooking, too.
1: Excellent stuff. So what um, – we've had a couple folks on. had Mike Jazz now on, too. He predicted some scores. What are your thoughts now after bowling it as far as what you think? Um, number one, regarding – I mean, your, your score, you know, 772, you're going to be right, right up there. Um, but what are, what are your thoughts as far as a team score – and then even a doubles and singles score, I mean, obviously you'll be um, pins, and ne- <laughs> pins and needles when you hear some of the big guns coming <laughs> out over the next couple months. But what are your thoughts as far as, um, I mean, what you think is going to happen?
2: Yeah, I mean, Jeff Rigos, he, you know, he always puts that out every year. And uh, from what his, you know, things are, I, I think it's pretty close. I mean, when, I, when we were out there, there was only two or 3,000 on the board. Um, you know, the team, the North Dakota team, I think it was, It's uh, the night after we left, uh, they shot, I think, 31-something. 31 and a quarter or something like that. So there was only three, three thousand scores up on the board. Uh, we watched Ken Duffield out there. He uh, he threw his 730 out there, and um, then the guy in the next night shot 740. But that was the only. I mean, there was only there's only five 700s on the board right now. You know, within that, you know, what was it, 18 day span now? I think it was out there. So I mean, the scores are definitely down. Um, doubles. My, my buddy Jeremy and, uh, and Tom Woodworth, uh, Jeremy Seinefeld and Tom Woodworth are in uh, first place now. So I did have a little talk with Jeremy and he said congratulations on the bowling and I said the same back to him. So but uh score wise I think, you know, doubles, uh, what's that twelve eighty seven I think now or something. So I mean it's going to be a thirteen hundred probably. Um singles, I think somebody'll get an eight. You know, we got a lot of good bowlers coming through. Um I used to bowl with the Nebraska crew with Of and Tim Barrent and Adam Cardwell. And those guys, and uh, you know, phenomenal bowler. So he's going to catch a spot. I think he's going to be okay in singles.
1: Again, Chad, thanks for joining us today. Chad Oaks shot 300 uh, recently at the USBC Open Championships. And uh, by the way, if you've missed any of our previous interviews, please check out there's a a USBC Open tab on above180.com. We got some interviews up there that can help help you out if you're heading out to. uh, out to the championship the open championships and uh had a had a couple of folks who can try to help you out and hopefully the interview with chad here will help you out too as far as where or maybe if you're a if you're a columbia if you're an ebi guy what to throw i, I know i've heard a lot of good things uh, about the game breaker and the re-release of the game breaker and such so doesn't really surprise me that it would be a ball for and the iq uh, as well the iq solid doesn't really surprise me at all that those would be two very you know pieces that would work well out there on a you know both of them very predictable rolling Balls that aren't going to give you that hockey, uh, you know, hockey, sh- uh, hockey stick shape down the lane and such, and keep the ball in play. So, um, Chad, great stuff, and by all means, keep in touch. And it was great talking to you.
2: Thank you very much for you, here. Appreciate it.